and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and we are finally here to the, you could say the, the starting point of free agency. We, we're not really, we, we already started the free agency period, but we're officially to the to the to the official time of of a WNBA free agency where players can now begin negotiating contracts and begin signing with teams um, starting February 1st is when uh, players can officially start to to put pen to paper and sign contracts leading up till then we'll hear everything um, you know rumor wise as far as where players might end up and um, it, it, it's one of the the most um, I guess busiest times of the offseason in the WNBA every year um, leading up to the WNBA draft. Um, but but it is one of the more entertaining times of the years or year for for fans, for followers of the league, and for for people who cover the league like myself. So it it is a, a very um, a busy time, um, very important time, um, and and that is uh, true once again uh, this year um, as for for the Minnesota Lynx and for teams throughout the WNBA. So it'll it'll be a busy here couple weeks um, here leading up to uh, I guess the the basically to the middle point of February. Um, even throughout the month of February, leading up to to the draft in April, um, but but it will uh, things will start to pick up here after after a few months of of kind of um, you know quiet and a quiet period in the WNBA. We are officially here to uh, to a busy time, and and it's uh, there's no better time than than WNBA free agency. So we finally made it to that period right now. Um, with that said. Um, I'm really excited uh, to have have this guest or our guest on this week to the podcast. Um, everybody is familiar with her. Everybody's familiar with her work that she's done in the WNBA, the college game, women's basketball in general. She's she's touched the game on every level, um, and she's been a, a, an important part um, to to me in what I do on a daily basis. Um, in in you know she she kind of laid the groundwork for for myself um, in being able to do what I do, trying to look up to somebody. Um, in, in this space, in, in the reporting space, in, in the, you know, just the content, in the coverage space. Um, and, and she is, is somebody who's, who's very important to the WNBA women's basketball in general, and that is the one and only Rachel Galligan. Um, so I, this week in, in the podcast with Rachel, um, we, we kind of dive into really everything. And I, I know I normally say that um, when, we, when I introduce a guest, but, but this week we, we really did talk about just about everything from covering the um, the WNBA women's basketball, um, you know, Rachel and, and her work and the recent news that, that she will be uh, uh, kind of taking a step back a little bit to some, some extent um, with WNBA coverage and breaking news this year. Um, we talk about, um, you know, what it's like to, to cover this league and, and how um, difficult it is at times, um, time consuming that it may be. Um, and, and she's really open and honest, and, and I really appreciate that open, openness and, and honesty um, that she did provide and, and kind of opening up about about everything and, and what it's like to to really cover women's basketball and do what uh, you know what she does and what everybody else does or not everybody else but what a lot of other people do um, on a daily basis um, and and after that we we really uh, we shift gears and we really uh, dive into um, the Minnesota Lynx um, this off season what the team could look like what they could do this off season what they might look like um, you know, leading up to the 2024 year and, and what the 2024 season might look like for, for the Lynx and the rest of the league. So once again, um, I've, I've, I really appreciate Rachel um, joining this podcast this week, um, opening up about everything. Really, really good conversation as it always is with Rachel and I appreciate her joining. Um, appreciate everything that she does for, for myself and everybody else in this space. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast with Rachel Galligan. 
Rachel, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me, as always. One of my favorite guys in the space, so <laughs> I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you so much. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and and you're. I'm not just saying this. You're you're one of my favorite guests. Um, it's always great to have you on. I think this is the second time now that that you joined, but it's it's always yeah. great um, to have you on and and to t uh, chat some basketball with you and um, get your insight on everything. So I appreciate you joining. Of course, I'm always I'm always happy to come on. Yeah. Let's uh before we um before we kind of jump into things a little bit um there there's been some uh off season stuff that that you have been working on um we'll, we'll jump into everything else here in a little bit but um if you could just kind of outline what what have you been up to this off season what what are what are some of the things that you're you're doing because it's it's a lot of great stuff that you're doing a lot of the uh, TV work and stuff that maybe um you're expanding upon this year but if you could just explain to everybody what what you've been up to so far this off season yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of you know that I do run my own business. Um, I'm in my sixth year of Go Global Recruiting, which when I got out of college coaching, I wanted to start that, which is basically an avenue to help college coaches recruit international players. So I've always been very heavy in the international game, even you know, from playing over there to when I was coaching, recruiting heavily in Europe. Um, and so, you know, I kind of got my feet wet with that and had a lot of success in terms of just building relationships and recruiting players. And then eventually I got to a point where a big dream of mine was to start my own thing and try and help players on a broader scale, not just try to recruit them to come play for me, which was great. But, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great talent globally. <laughs> it's a conversation I could talk at nauseum about for sure. But, um, you know, what I do is basically help the universities recruit the top players um, all over the world, primarily Europe. And so that, that's that been really good. And um, yeah, I've I had a really great summer this past summer in terms of being able to go over there and watch European championships and, you know, stuff that's been going on in South America. And so, you know, it, it's just continued to grow. It's continued to expand. And, um, you know, this is, recruiting never stops. It's, you know, any, any college coach would tell you they're constantly their needs are constantly evolving. Their, you know, their recruiting is always changing, and so that that keeps me busy year round, um, especially in the summer times when I'm I'm traveling quite a bit. But um, now it's it's been really cool to see a lot of the the players that I and universities that I have helped, you know, the the, the kids that are over here and playing, watching their careers from a collegiate standpoint. So I do travel around and visit some of the universities and uh, watch practice and continue to educate myself as a former coach and as a basketball mind, but, um, you know, just get an opportunity to watch these kids play, go from, you know, being in high school in Europe to, you know, have, having success, you know, from on the college stage. So that keeps me busy. And I would say this, this off season, I say off season, I mean, my summer is when mm -hmm. I'm actively traveling, but it's been, it's been a lot. There's a lot of kids that, you know, have a great amount of talent that take up a lot of my, you know, um, time in terms of evaluating and just keeping things updated. So, you know, I, the growth of that has been awesome. It's definitely a dream of mine. It's a priority of mine. It's demanding more and more of my time as time goes on. Um, but it's been good. So uh, I've been focused on that. And then I've also been broadcasting, um, you know, as a color analyst, I've been doing that really for about, I don't know, maybe eight years now. So um, I, when I moved out West to Denver, I, I felt like that could take a hit. A lot of my ties were from the Midwest and um, anybody who, you know, works as a color analyst, those opportunities are are hard to come by. And 
Um, I was kind of picked up on a little bit last year from kind of a regional network here in Colorado called Altitude Sports. They do the Nuggets and the Avalanche, but they also kind of cover men's and women's college basketball here in Colorado. So uh, I got signed on with them last year. Um, things went well, and uh, they are uh, even more this year, more demanding in terms of just the the games I've been doing for them on TV. Uh, so I've been really, really busy with those two things and um, trying to squeeze in watching as much college basketball as I can when I can. It's amazing to me how much my broadcasts really overlap with that. That's the one downfall. But uh, yeah, just staying busy with my business and um, the broadcasting. Those are two of my the greatest passions in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool to to see for me personally, um, just knowing how great of a basketball mind you are, seeing that translate into your work, seeing that translate into your passions, um, you know, specifically the TV work and, and how knowledgeable you are about the sport to begin with. But um, to see that to kind of shine through is is fun to fun to follow along. And, and it's really cool to, to see. A, I don't want to say a different aspect of, of your knowledge and your skills, but but it's kind of, you know, it's it's fun to see that kind of evolve and grow. So it's. It's a really cool thing to 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 see that, and and for you also, you get to see kind of the names, or you got you know the names of you know like the overseas talent, maybe before a lot of people do, which is kind of cool that that you get to see that kind of from its infancy to to see them kind of storm onto the stage because you you've known them or you've been around them or you're familiar with them, yeah. um, so that that's kind of cool that you get to see kind of that next wave too that that not a lot of people are familiar with at that time. Absolutely, I love it. Um... I, I love I love women's basketball. I've done so many, I've worn so many different hats in this game. Um, but, you know, the go global and international side is hopefully, fingers crossed, it's something I can do forever. And from the broadcasting side, the one thing I didn't expect, you know, I spend so much time in women's basketball, whether it's WNBA and college game uh, to, to the grassroots game. Um, I didn't anticipate, you know, the men's college side kind of breaking wind of me and or catching wind of me and wanting me to kind of jump in and, and be lead analyst for, for them. That was not something I anticipated, but I'm incredibly grateful for being able to kind of shift gears a little bit and be given some opportunities met with men's college basketball. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. I'm learning a whole new, you know, kind of element of the game of basketball um, has been great. So, yeah, I mean, you know me. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I, I just always, I never want to stop learning. I never want to stop growing. never want to stop pushing myself. So, um yeah, I appreciate you for saying that. Yeah. Another, um, um, you know, aspect to, to, your, to your coverage or your, your basketball um, knowledge and skills in the past has been um, a, a lot of people know you, you breaking news on the WNBA, your coverage of the WNBA. Um, recently uh, on social media, you had, you had announced that you'll, you'll be kind of taking a step back from that uh, this year. Um, if if you're you're willing to, if you want to just maybe maybe explain a little bit of of the reasoning behind that and and kind of the decision that that went into all that, because I know you're you're focused on on what you just talked about, your passions in in your work that you do on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, I don't really let, let me let me try to formulate my thoughts. <laughs> um, it's I got to be really transparent. It's it's been very bittersweet. It was not easy for me to come to that conclusion. I even to this day, you know, know of things and it's, it's hard, you know, that, that temptation to go on there and do that, you know, is, is, is very much, I'm kind of struggling with that right now during this time. It's just almost feels like a habit. Um, you know, but for me, it, it really does just kind of come down to, you know, I wish I could clone myself and I wish I could do it all. Um, you know, I, I, 
anyone who, who has watched me do this, <laughs> and again, this was not something I planned. I didn't go into this five years ago, strategizing to kind of help spearhead this effort of breaking news in the WNBA. I kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I fell into it because of my background in the women's game um, from playing from playing professionally, from coaching college basketball, just just having relationships. That's where it started. Um, and finding myself finding myself in a position, you know, with Windsider where I was able to come on the show and just talk about the game. Um, I kind of, I don't want to say I fell into media, but it, it just kind of started to happen. And then when, you know, I think the first big break was the Liz Cambage demanding a trade. That's kind of where it all started, at least for me. And I I I just kind of felt I found fell my fell into this situation. Um, and it really just took a life, it took on a life of its own. Um, and the momentum, I think that we built with it. And I say we, because it was a team effort. Um, I by no means can take all the credit for what was put out there. I might've been under my name, but I had so many people that were in my corner and one of them being Ari Schwartz was, um, just, I couldn't have done anything that I did without him. Um, but you know, it, it was fun. And, uh, it, I think as it, the expectation that it was coming every single year was fun and the hype around it and um, of the commotion around it, the excitement around it. Um, what people don't realize was how demanding it is. Um, you know, I can talk my family or anybody who's physically been around me this time of year. I'm not very present. Um, there's just a lot of just me buried in my phone. It's a lot of phone conversations. It's a lot of sleepless nights. Um, a lot of times you're struggling to take a shower and, you know, not missing something. And it, it, it can be very hectic and very chaotic. And part of it, part of that is what makes it addic addicting a little bit. There is an adrenaline rush with. And I think the biggest asset that I personally have is I'm just a competitive person. Um, and so you combine that with the element of I found myself in a position where I could. And it really did start with wanting to kind of be you know, someone that had the ability to do this and um, create noise, create, create, create excitement, give the fans, you know, things to talk about this time of year, um, give the players more spotlight on them. Uh, we see it in all these other leagues. Why couldn't we have that in the WNBA? And so I felt like, you know, my, my passion for this game and my, my love for pushing growth in that area was kind of, I had a responsibility you know, for, for a long time to do that. And, and then as it kind of, you know, continued to go on, um, you know, it, it, it did that the pressure is very real, uh, that the time demand is very real. Um, probably the biggest thing with me, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I, I don't think we were wrong. We were pretty accurate. Um, we, I would like to think I stayed very professional through the whole thing. I know early on there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of growing and figuring out what I was learning on the fly just as much as everybody else. But I'm very proud of that aspect of it. And I think the thing that I would say I am most proud of, my relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. And I would say I never went against any of those relationships. If anything I put out there, it was trying to do it in a way where everybody was okay. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody, it didn't burn a bridge. It didn't hurt somebody. It didn't impact somebody. Now there might be an argument, you know, I might rub some feathers wrong or, or made some people mad or made people in the league mad, or, you know, it definitely was 
we could, we could debate that all day, but I personally wanted with my relationships to continue to cultivate those and, and not go against anyone just for my own personal gain. So, um, there was a lot that I could have done and I didn't, um, there's a lot of ways I could have worded things and I didn't. So I personally am very, 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 very proud of that. And I want people to know that. Um, but with that, you know, it was a lot of chaos, <laughs> it's a lot WNBA Twitter and just Twitter in general. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion that I'm personally dealing with right now with it. Um, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm mad. I'm angry. Um, I think I'm trying to figure out um, in my own mind how I want to kind of express those things and what needs to come out, what does, what doesn't, um, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds. I have no idea. I just know it got to a point where I was stepping back and realizing like, what, what is my why? Mm -hmm. And I can't do it all. Um, you know, I, our, our male counterparts get to make millions doing these types of things. And, you know, I just got married this past summer. My business is growing. Um, if I'm completely MIA for an entire, you know, six to eight weeks, this time of year, there's, there's kids over in Europe who are suffering. Um, there's, there's my clients who are suffering, my broadcast ability, my, my sharpness is suffering because I am having to give so much time and energy to, um, you know, the, the, the grind of WNBA breaking news. And so I had to really come up with some, just, I had to have some tough conversations with myself, but that is hard. You know, I wish I could do it all. I really, really do, but I'm not the type of person that half-asses anything. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all out. Um, the thing I think I'm struggling with the most is you do feel like a little bit of, you know, are you let, letting people down? Um, I think that's the hardest thing that I'm kind of personally battling right now. But, you know, I, I hope people people realize um, where I'm coming from. And, um, you know, if I could do it, if I could support myself doing this, if I could have, have had a future in this, if I felt like doors would have opened in this, maybe maybe I would be in it still. But I just don't see those things happening personally at this point um, at the start of 2024. I don't see those things happening. And maybe at one point I did. I wasn't sure. Um, that wasn't always my why. My why was I could, and I had the ability and the time to do it. But now I'm just at a point where I have, with everything else growing, I've I've got to feed the areas that, you know, are providing for myself and I can take care of my family with. And um, it's just prioritization. Uh, that's mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at with it. So yeah, like I said, I I could go on. I could I could write a book about this entire experience, <laughs> but. Um, just, just right now in this exact moment, I'm just, you know, kind of weathering a lot of the emotions with it because I, I put everything I had into it. Mm -hmm. I can confidently say that. And I think when you do that with, and you love anything and you put your heart and soul and passion into anything, um, and it has to end, you know, there's always a lot of emotions. So mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, no, I, I appreciate the honesty. appreciate the openness. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm for one, um, I'm very happy for you. Um, I mean, that that's something that it, it takes a lot to do. Not a lot of people realize that it takes a lot to, to, you know, to make that decision. Um, you have to do what's best for yourself, best for, um, like you said, your, your, um, your job and, and what, you know, requires more of your attention. Um, and, and the the thing on the other side of this that I don't think a lot of people realize is, like you said, the the time and the commitment that it takes. It's not like, you know, you're getting a, a text message, you know, just out of the blue being like, hey, break this news. Here you go. Putting it on a silver platter. You know, somebody just, you know, telling you to, to break something. It's it's not that easy, which a lot of people, I think, realize it is. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort, you know, relationships, like you said. 
Um, and and you you have to live in that space while you're trying to to break the news or, or try and you know you, you portray whatever information you're trying to to, to deliver at that time. And um, you know there are a lot of struggles that come with that too. As as I know you know you live that. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that that want to take the the credit for your work, or they, they you know they maybe you know will will steal some of the information that you're using and and maybe try and twist it off on for their own personal gain or whatever that may be. But there there's a lot a lot more to it, and it is it is a lifestyle, and a lot of a lot of times you aren't getting like you said you're not getting you know properly compensated. Not that that's everything, but it it would obviously vary. It would help a lot. Um, and, and that's what everybody else in, in every other sport is, is getting and they're, they're being provided that, that opportunity. And, and that's not the same case, unfortunately, with, um, you know, with women's basketball in the WNBA. So I, it, I, I'm not trying to get on a, on a tangent here, but it, it's, you know, it, we can it, do it. If yeah, <laughs> it, it, there, it, what I'm, what I guess what I'm saying is it, there are struggles to it. And, 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 you know, that firsthand, there are some struggles of that, that come with it. Um, and you kind of have to draw a line in the sand sometimes of, okay, is it, is it worth it? And, and I, you know, that's, that's something that's, you know, it, it, you, you can worry about other people, what they think, but, but it's all at the end of the day, it's all about you and, and, and what, what your best interests are. So I'm, I'm happy for you and, and, and everything that, that you have done, um, everything that you provided to the game, all the coverage that you provided. Um, and, and I'm also happy that, that you're, you know, you've come because it is a big decision to come to the realization that, Hey, I got to focus on something else. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that's, that's, that's impressive in itself. So I, 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 well, I commend you for that. Well, thank you. I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't know. Um, I, the, I, my why in it, because I obviously wasn't making a living on it was truly, you know, just to help my relationships and help, you know, um, that this game and these, women get the attention they deserve at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That's why I did it is, is I went as hard as I possibly could for five years. And it's hard to not feel like I can give that anymore, you know? And so that, that's kind of the moral conflict right now Out, outside of all the, you know, the, the anger I, or feelings I might have towards others or outlets. And, you know, I know the truth. I know how I did it. I feel like I did it uh, morally correct. I feel like I, you know, did it alongside people who know that I did it the right way and um, never vindictively tried to go against anybody. And um, I, I, I could call anybody that I've worked with in the last five years. And I think our relationship, you know, would be the same, if not better than what it was even before. So to me, that is the thing I'm most proud of. You know, I, I didn't have to burn bridges just for personal gain or and I wasn't, I was not going to do that. Uh, my relationships are everything. My love for this game is everything. Uh, my passion for the growth of the WNBA and women's basketball is everything. And that's why I will always remain in it in some capacity. And I don't want people to think I'm dying guys. Like <laughs> some of the, some of the reactions have been really interesting to me. I very much plan on, um, you know, being involved on the podcast and doing the playbacks and, you know, mm -hmm. giving the commentary. Um, many of you know, I'm no longer, writing with just women's sports, I didn't feel that it was necessary to put that out, out there. Um, but you know, my, my, my commitment to Winsider, um, and everything that we've been able to build there is just as strong as it's always been. I don't know if there's an opportunity, you know, there, there could be some rogue news that comes out here and there. I just wanted people to know that, that this specific aspect of what everybody expects of me at this point is not going to be what it was. So mm -hmm. I'm still here. 
Um, my entire life will be dedicated to this game in one way, shape or form. It's just, you know, just, just pivoting a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's why we all, we all get involved in, in this space and, and all got involved, um, you know, in, in, at the beginning is that we're trying to, we're all trying to grow the game. We all love the game. We all love covering the game. Um, and that's, that's why we got involved in what, in what we do. And, and that's, that's part of reporting too. That's you, you're doing it because you're trying to grow the game. You're trying to grow the exposure. You're trying to, to make news as relevant as any other sport or any other league or whatever it may be, because it deserves that. Um, and that's, you know, that, you know, for me personally, that's what I try and do in, in my content that I write on this podcast, whatever it may be. Um, if I can teach somebody, if I can, you know, inform somebody that that's what matters. If I can help them, you know, increase their interest in the WNBA, women's basketball, basketball in general, any sport in general, um, that's what matters. And, and I think that's, that's, hidden behind everything. That's, that's the reason we all do it. That's why people work for organizations in the league. That's why people, um, you know, are on TV. That's why they, you know, write, that's why they, you know, report anything. They do it because they enjoy the game. They enjoy what they do. They want to grow the game. And that's, that's in the end, what we're all trying to accomplish. So that's, that, that's the key thing. I think that a lot of people, um, and, and don't realize, and, and those people are people, they have lives. They have to, you know, that they're, they're not just doing it because they're making a bunch of money. They're, they're doing it because they want to do it and they're interested in doing that. And it, that well, goes unnoticed sometimes. And just to expand on that, I mean, I did not go to school for journalism. Right. You know, I, I went to school for communications. Um, I, and my ability to talk behind a microphone and, and beyond, you know, television. I mean, you know, I, I went to school for completely for PR. That was my, what my degree actually was. And so, you know, I've worn so many hats through my career from being a college player to a professional athlete to a college coach at various, you know, schools um, to a business owner, someone who runs tournaments in the summertime at the grassroots level, someone who has broadcasted the game. I mean, sometimes I joke the only thing I haven't done around the game has been a referee. <laughs> um, Not you yet. Know, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, I've got some people who still to this day try and convince me, um, you know, to a business owner. So I, I feel like one of my biggest assets is my, the lens in which I view the game and, and the, the way, the different perspectives I have. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, I, I love the media. I would say my passion is in the broadcasting, but I never thought I would be writing about the WNBA. I never thought I'd be um, breaking news. And so I came into this world, the Windsider, however, what, five, six years ago um, with the intent of the show. And through this period of time, I mean, I think we have seen, seen such a massive shift in the coverage of the WNBA. And, you know, some of some of the people way back when it's been fun to watch their careers evolve. And, you know, I have such an appreciation for the independents in this space who tirelessly work um, it, 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 all the different outlets, you know, that, that I know are grinding and are working and on top of their full-time jobs, mm -hmm. making next to nothing. And I, so many people don't realize that so many people, you know, in different areas of our game don't realize the independent work that goes into this and the, and it's, it's fueled by passion. It's fueled by the love of the game and people are doing this for nothing. Um, and I have so much respect for the media, um, at all levels, you know, especially at the independent, you know, level that, you know, we've kind of all existed in. That's, mm -hmm. I under, I never saw it that way before. And uh, my respect and my, my credit, I could, I could go down the list and name so many people that, you know, we've all become 
you know, colleagues in this space, but that has been a very, what's the right word, <laughs> a powerful lens in which I now view the space, which I didn't have before. Um, and uh, I just, everybody out there deserves all the credit in the world. Um, and I hope that, you know, the, the WNBA, I hope that the players, I hope that, you know, they realize it. You know, I hope that everybody realizes how hard everyone is out here trying to work for the betterment of them, for the betterment of this game. And um, yeah, I just don't think that the independents out there get enough credit. The people mm -hmm. like you and the people, you know, over at the next, and you know, you can talk about, you know, the, the, the types of growth we've seen from places like the committee. I mean, people are just so passionate and they, they're working so hard to bring coverage to this game and I, they don't get enough credit. And um, I see, I see you all. <laughs> I, I have a whole new respect for you all because I've been in this world so deeply the last five years as my, my schedule has allowed it to be. And um, it's just a whole new appreciation for me. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I, I can echo that one thing I've noticed too, is just being around different people um, who cover the league. It's, you know, we, we all have full-time jobs. We have jobs outside of what we do. You know, I, I, I have a full-time job separate from what I do. I come home and I, I, I work on WNBA stuff. Like people, okay. people don't realize that it's, it's not, this isn't our primary job that we do it because we love what we do. We do it because we want to do what we do. Um, and, and like you said, we do it for to little to nothing. And that's, that's not the point, but it, it you know what I mean? It, it's, it, it's something that, that goes unnoticed a lot um, in, in this space that, 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 that not a lot of people even realize or really recognize or know. So that's, it's, it's, I agree that there, there are a lot of people doing, doing some great stuff and they're doing it because they like what they do. They enjoy what they do and they're not getting paid really anything to do it. And I just don't want it to be lost that, you know, when we talk about grow the game, it's more than just the teams. It's more than yep. just the players. It's about us too. Yes. You know, there, there's an ability for the independents and the, the people who make, you know, pennies to write and tirelessly create content. There, there's places for, for that to grow too. And I don't think that that's acknowledged enough either. So. Exactly. Anyway, I'll get off myself. Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you opening up about that. That was I could probably go on for another half hour about this this uh, topic, but I I appreciate you opening up. Appreciate the honesty, like I said, um, and and um, and everything that that you just touched on. That that's all uh, important stuff. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about it. Nice. I know RA and R will go on the pod and probably expand on it much further, but it was nice to kind of get some of this off my chest. So thank yeah, you. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all the coverage that you you have provided. And, and if you if you do continue down the road, uh, what you will continue to do. Um, I said it on Twitter, I, not to, not to uh, keep going on about this, but um, just to kind of put a bow on it. I said on Twitter, um, you, you've, you've helped grow the game and that's, that's an understatement, um, with, with your coverage. Um, you've, I know a lot of people, I can speak for a lot of people that said we've, you know, when, when we provide coverage or if we are trying to break news or whatever, maybe portray news or tell news, um, we, we all try and, um, you know, to, to try and do what, what the, you know, even the level of work that, that you provided. So it's, it's been somebody, I know I've personally looked up to the work that you've done, um, and I followed it since since you really started breaking into the space. Um, so I appreciate everything you have done. And and uh, if if this can uh, be any sort of I don't know if if this if I I don't know what word to use, but uh, you you did help uh, you did help grow the game. If if that um, helps with anything um, in, in your decision, you helped grow the game. And 
um, you helped to make it a, a better space for from here on out. So I, I appreciate everything that you you've done. I texted you at the time and I said, stop it. You're making me cry when you tweeted. <laughs> um, and you're going to make me tear up now. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're uh, fine. You're fine. It, it means so much more than um, mm -hmm. you or anyone would, would realize. Um, and I think, again, that just the only thing I can say is it's just because I really did pour my heart and soul into it. So mm, to hear those things means a lot. And especially to hear it from someone like you, I respect, I respect tremendously. Thank you for saying that. Of course. Thank you. Um, well, let's uh, let let's let's talk a little basketball. Talk free then. agency. Should let's go. Some, talk some basketball. <laughs> All right. So so free agency obviously is is well it has been underway, but um, now towards the end of of January here we're we're in that negotiation period. February one, um, the contracts can officially become official. Um, as we'll we'll hear news before then, um, lead or leading up to that that point, and then it'll obviously become official beginning February first, but. Um, specifically when, when it comes to, let, let's start maybe with the, the Minnesota Lynx and, and some of the, the possibilities that, that they could, could explore, um, this off season. When, when you look at the Lynx and what they were able to accomplish in 2023, the kind of the, the foundation or the team that they built or the roster that they kind of built, um, with some of the younger players, some of the, the, the veterans that are currently on the roster or that were on the roster, what do you think is, is maybe the biggest need or biggest needs for uh, Minnesota that they could address either in free agency or, or you know, eventually uh, leading up to 2024? I mean, I think you and I talked about it a, a ton last year going on and on about, um, you know, some of just I, their draft was tremendous. Um, you know, Diamond Miller, Dorka, Juhas, and, and I mean, just I think the opportunity that those players had because of the need um, and because of the way their roster was comprised last year, I think was one of the biggest uh, takeaways from 2023 for me. Um, I think you're starting to see Nafisa Collier turn into literally, I mean, she's like right at that MVP spectrum, at least mm -hmm. in my mind. Um, and so, you know, this team, I think, got a lot of experience under the, their belts last year. And I, you, you, ha, you have to credit Cheryl Reeve. I mean, last year and even the years leading up, there's been some tough contracts that have made this really hard for them to have success in free agency. I mean, they've kind of been handcuffed a little bit with some deals that just, you know, were either too big or didn't necessarily pan out, but this team has found a way. And last year, you know, they were able to have success in the draft. Um, and I think that they nailed it. We talked about that a ton. Um, and so now, you know, you're heading into this year and it's like, okay, like when I look at their current situation, all the different moves that they have a lot of moves that they can make. They've got a lot of players they can, you know, let walk or, or move away from, or choose to potentially sign again. And so you're starting to see that kind of choke hold open up. And I think that's exciting. Um, you know, I mean, obviously being able to secure McBride, I think was huge. I, I love the fit there. I think Nafisa Collier continues down the trajectory she's on. Uh, Dorka and, and Diamond Miller, you know, I I expect that experience from, you know, last year just to continue to roll over into this year tremendously. But you, there are holes on this roster, and I, I'm, I'm interested, you know, to see. I think in my mind, I think you look at it, we've talked about the need for a franchise point guard in Minnesota. I think there's a massive argument for depth in the post, um, shooting at the wing. Um, and so how do you address those in this free agency and who, who are you going to kind of walk away from? I think there's no question, you know, 
the aerial power situation, I'm guessing I would be very surprised if she remains on the team. I think Achanwa, um, you know, I, 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 I like the fit of Lindsay Allen. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think Reeves seems to like her. I think that's a good fit there. Um, but you know, what happens with players like Bridget Carlton? Um, did, did they end up re-signing her? I would, I would, if I I was a betting woman, I would say yes. Um, do they move away from Rachel Bynum? So there's a lot of flexibility from the cap space side of things. And, um, you know, I don't know, I'll throw it back at you a little bit too. Like, do you agree those are kind of the areas that need to be addressed? And I mean, that's pretty vague, but which one can be addressed because right now, and I'll talk about this here in a little bit, but you know, we have a lot of teams right now going after the same players and there's going to be teams that are going to strike out. There's going to be at least two teams that strike out and really struggle this free agency. And in my opinion, it can't be Minnesota. They can't afford to. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to package something or find a way to attract some of those top free agents and who are they? And, And secondly, if you can't get those, are you putting in the time and the effort to attract kind of those second tier type players who, you know, can come in and just give you that shot, shot in the arm and be a good fit and make your roster better. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I personally, I love the excitement around Minnesota right now. I love the, the core, including some of those young players, but it, it, this is a big free agency. I mean, this, this is a major moment in time for Minnesota. So I, I'm, I'm curious, just your thoughts, because you are on the ground and you do so spend such so much time and do such a great job covering this team. If you feel like you agree with me, if you feel like there's an area that that's different. I, I think it, it starts um, obviously with that, that point guard position. They, they have to address that, you know, Cheryl Reeve has talked about, um, you know, the, the, the lack of finding somebody for that position, not even necessarily talent-wise, but just consistency at that position, really since Lindsey Whalen retired. Um, and, and I think this is their chance to, to be able to go make a splash if they want to make a splash in, in free agency. Um, you know, I, I look at in, this might be, you know, by the time this podcast drops or by the time people are listening to this podcast, the names are probably off the board or, or whatever that may be. But um you know, I, I look at somebody like a Natasha Cloud. I, you know, I, I think Minnesota could have the the chance to, maybe they won't overspend for her. They, I know Cheryl Reeves talked about not not wanting to do that again after the Ariel Powers, the Natalie Chan was kind of that situation. I mean, kind of being strapped down with with those um, with those salaries. But you know, they they do have the room to me be able to throw some money at players to try and attract them. And now whether or not they get a, a you know, someone like the the likes of Natasha Cloud, like a lot of people are going to be going after, who knows? Um, but I think that's that's something they they need to address. I think that, um, you know, it it will start at the point guard position. I think everything else will kind of follow after that. Whether you know if they can't, maybe if they can't get a top name in in free agency at the at the guard position, maybe they settle for two you know middle tier or kind of second tier players. Uh, maybe they get a guard and then maybe they do address, you know, the depth at the post. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said, um, as, as you mentioned, they do have the ability, they do have the money now, now that they get the the powers and the Chanwa contracts off the books. Um, they, they do have that flexibility to be able to do that. I, I agree with you too about Lindsay Allen. I, I do like her um, here. I, I think that you know, if Minnesota does strike out, if they are one of those teams that that do strike out, um, there's that strikes out in free agency. Lindsey Allen comes back. Maybe she she even comes back regardless, and and kind of plays more of a, a you know a backup role or kind of you know owning that second unit. But um, yeah, I I definitely agree that 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 point guard position, whether that's even in free agency in the draft um, right. via trade, whatever it may be, trades are obviously a little bit harder to to come by, but. 
um, that that's something they, I think, really need to, to address. And um, that's that's something that early on, maybe midway through the um, the, the regular season that that was looking a lot better than what it is right now, as far as the pool of, of talent at, at that guard position. Um, there were the likes of not saying that they would have gotten this player, but like Jewel Lloyd, um, mm -hmm. I, I think of that as a name that that would have been amazing. I think Cheryl Reeve would have done absolutely anything she can to get Jewel Lloyd on this team, as anybody would do. But um, that that um, kind of pool has has thinned out a little bit. But um, there are some big names out there that they could they could still go try and get. But um, yeah, well, so, long story short, I, I think guard is is the the a topic of, of this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, the 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 need, the supply and demand is is very much a factor here. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting. A lot of these players now are starting to kind of package up and mm -hmm. and make decisions on where they want to go. Um, I think you know, especially at the point guard position, there's more need out there for franchise point guards than what's actually available. So you are going to have to overpay. Are you comfortable overpaying at that position? Um, and, and maybe just some of the contracts of the past is that, does that kind of, you know, give you a little bit, give you a little, you're a little bit trigger, like shy. Um, if, if you're Minnesota, I, I, but I, but then on top of that, does Minnesota have what it takes to attract those free agencies, yeah. those yeah. types of players who want to play together? And, and what are those kind of combinations, right? That's been a trend we've seen the last couple of years is players wanting to go play with certain people or make moves with certain people. I mean, are we going to see Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud go off to Phoenix and and chill and run it, run it with DT and BG? I mean, that is very possible. Mm -hmm. And my sources that that is very much happening. And, and I don't even know, like, how open-minded people are necessarily being with it. So, okay. Who else is there? Skylar Diggins. That's a huge one. What ends up happening there? Um, I think you could make an argument or a scenario for a lot, lot of different places, but what I'm basically getting at is there are, yeah, there's going to be people who, who strike out and lose this free agency drastically. Um, and, and that's hard, you know, and that's, it'll be interesting, you know, when we're, we're, we're here a month, a month from now, we always talk about the winners and the losers. It's going to be interesting to look back and analyze, you know, the moves that were made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in Minnesota has to, you know, they have to already come up with a plan B, which they have, but let's say they do strike out. Okay. Now, now what, what do we do? What, what's, what's going to happen? Do they, you know, do they try and focus on something in the draft. Do they, do they bring back Lindsay Allen as kind of that, that gap guard that could, you know, j just kind of own the, the uh, starting role again and, and try and develop somebody underneath her. Do they, you know, do they try and, like I said, trades are, are very hard to come by and, and they are hard to make in, in, especially in the WNBA, but do they try and package somebody up with that draft pick and try and go off and get somebody or get a player, maybe a sign and trade, whatever, whatever it may be. They, Minnesota has to, to think about if they, they don't, because they could, there's a real possibility, like you said, that, that they are one of those teams that, that are without signing a guard. Um, and then, then you're back at the exact same spot you were at the end of last year. Um, and, and maybe that's something they're comfortable with. Maybe, you know, maybe they're comfortable with Lindsay Allen taking over the starting job again this year and just kind of running it back and, 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 and bringing the same crew back together um, and then focusing more on the draft and, and developing again. Um, maybe that's something they, they are fine with. And maybe, maybe next year is, is another chance to, to, you know, find that, that, you know, star point guard or that, um, you know, that, that, you know, that starting guard uh, moving forward on this team. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it'll be really interesting to 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 kind of see what what they are able to do, not just not just what they can do, but what they are able to do and who they are able to attract 
um, because it's it's one thing to to have the money and being be able to or be willing to spend it, but you have to. But it, it takes two two to tango, so they have to they have to find a a dance partner to to be able to make that that work. But um, I also think they could maybe make a play for someone like a Kalani Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that's a player that in my mind fills something that this roster currently doesn't have and could really be a big asset for them. If say, you know, they've got to kind of Jerry rig the, 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 the guard position, you know, do you do, are you able to add in the depth in the post? I mean, again, they're going to have the money. They're going to have the flexibility to make some moves. And so I don't think it's all hyper-focused on the point guard spot. Um, but I personally, I think that Kalani Brown, if it were me, you know, that's someone that I would want to try and make a play for. Well, it, to, to that point too, it's, you know, a lot of people look at, at Minnesota, they're like, oh, you have Jess Shepard and Dorky Uhas who, who both could, you know, you know, take over that spot. The, well, not take over that spot, but are currently in that spot. The only thing is Jess Shepard has not been, you know, as a lot, a lot of people, you know, rip on, let's say, Lena Deladon for not staying healthy. Jess Shepard has not been able to stay healthy either. She's a great player when she's, when she is healthy, but she, you know, that that's something that Minnesota has to take into account too, is that, okay, if you're without her again for, let's say, half the season, now what? Um, you don't you don't really have a lot behind her. I know Maya Hirsch, um, you know, she might potentially be coming over, but I think she's going to, it's going to be a, a, you know, a learning process and kind of a, a process for her to, to get her feet wet in the WNBA. Um, so that's not maybe necessarily the, the you know, the, the answer to everything right now. Um, so that that is a real um, question mark for for that that team as well. It's it's not just like you said. It's not just the guard position. It's it's elsewhere too, and and that's that's something that should be addressed this this off season as well if they're able to. Yeah, and I do think. I mean, another thing people got to remember: the Olympic year. There's going to be yep. ten to twelve players who we're used to seeing here, you know, on these teams every single year that won't, and mm -hmm. and that that will say that'll give some flexibility to, to some teams. It'll, it could be a positive in terms of the moves they make, but you know, we got to think about the players out there, like Kayla George's, the Rebecca Allen's, I mean, you know, the, how the, that's going to, the, the Olympic year, how that's going to impact how these rosters end up getting filled out as well. Um, mm -hmm. So don't forget to keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of looking at, and I know free agency and the draft obviously play a big role into this and in, in exactly how specifically for the links, um, I mean, how they're going to look, if they get a, you know, a top name guard, that's obviously going to change things a lot. If they don't, that they're basically going to be the same team probably as, as they were last year. But with all of that said, what, what do you think, I, I guess, what are your expectations for, for the Lynx in, in 2024? If, if they are able to get, you know, a, a you know, let's say a, a Natasha cloud, um, if, if they are able to somehow get her in free agency, that would obviously take them up a notch. That would, you know, that would, that would improve them um, a, a decent amount, but if they're not, maybe both scenarios. What do you, what do you expect from the Lynx in twenty twenty four, knowing what what they built in in twenty twenty three, and what they were able to accomplish last season? Well, I mean, I guess I see it. I kind of feel like it's at a fork in the road. Right. Um, bring in more veteran players, you know, that kind of overshadow the the great the great foundation that's been started with a player like Dorka and Diamond Miller, um, and maybe hinder their growth a little bit and try and just make a play you know, right away and see what she can do? Or do you kind of play the long game and trust the process a little bit and continue to build and continue to bring in the right types of fits and understanding like we're not trying to be, you know, a, a immediate contender right now or trying to just maybe get in that top, you know, three or four conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, 
I think that's the question. Does this team, I don't, I don't, I'd be shocked if they took a step back. I think with the flexibility that they have, um, it was hard. I know this team has, has, has had some challenges the last couple of years, you know, just even with some fits of some certain players and, you know, to, to Shale Rape's credit, she's always found a way to be competitive. She's found a way to put, put her players in a situation where they can win. And that's why she's one of the greatest of all time. Um, but I think, you know, I don't see it getting worse than what it was is what I'm trying to say, you know, to win under some of those circumstances. And that's a credit to Nafisa Collier as well. I mean, you've got a player like her, one of the greatest players in the world on your roster, you know, that you can throw the ball to and go to work with. So I don't see it taking a step back. Um, I think if anything, it could, it'll be a, it'll worst case scenario stays the same. Um, you know, you, you fill out your roster with, you know, some serviceable players, you continue to trust the process and, in you know, you're really, um, pouring your future into young players and Nafisa Collier, you know, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially with the type of drafts we have coming up, not just this year, but next year. Um, because then again, that's a whole other conversation I'm sure we'll get to here in a minute, but, um, we don't know what's going to happen with the draft that that makes it very difficult for them to make these decisions right now. Um, as to who's coming in, who's coming out. So I don't think they'll take a step back. I think, um, you know, worst case scenario, you fill out your roster with, you know, some solid pieces and you continue to build around what you currently have. And again, Cheryl Reeve has proven time and time again, her ability to win, win games. And as she's, long as she's got the right type of personalities on her team, I don't see why she can't continue to do that. It's just a matter of, do you go for the high profile free agents? Are you able to attract them? Are you able to package those things and make it work and, and really try and make that jump and be a contender right now? To me, I think that's going to be really hard to do. I think that'll be really hard to do, but more kudos, more, more kudos to them if they can get it done. Um, I think it'll more so be closer to, you know, um, a small step forward is kind mm -hmm. of what I, I would maybe anticipate. Again, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. I think mm -hmm. this team's going to be competitive. Um, whoever's on the roster, again, this history just tells us that, um, you know, and I think that they're going to find a way to win games and you've got, you've got some great pieces, but again, well, <laughs> I see it as a fork in a road. Um, yeah. Are you, are you investing in your young pieces and in, in some of the, you know, the, in the draft and trusting the process, or are you trying to bring in people to kind of overshadow them and try and win right away? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. the answer. To that. Yeah. Well, kind of looking at uh, on that same note, looking at the draft, uh, Minnesota obviously has, has picked seven um, in the open or first round. Um, there there's, like you said, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks still with, with the draft, as far as who's going to be coming out um, uh, in that, and that will, that will rely or that will weigh heavily on, on what the draft looks like. Um, what, it's when so it comes hard to even, it's so hard to even like do a mock draft. Like I know. I just, it's like, I don't even know where to start with it, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but I do know is whether it's this year or next year, the talent that's out there right now and who, yeah. however it ends up shaking out this season, you know, Minnesota can find a great piece and, mm. and they've drafted very, very well the last, last year, especially. So I have a lot of confidence in their drafting ability. Mm -hmm. When it comes to maybe like, like I said, it's really hard to even predict, you know, what, what the draft will look like this year. Some of those middle of the ground or kind of middle of the pack, um, prospects do you do you think that you know if you were Minnesota would you maybe target more of a, of a guard would you look for for some post depth 
um, with with that position uh, or with that with that uh, seven spot in the draft? Or I guess how how would you address uh, kind of attack that if if you were Minnesota? I mean, you know, I'm just looking at some of the mocks that have gone out, gone out, and one of the ones I like the most is Alyssa Pilly, you know, mm -hmm. from Utah. I mean, I think she has size. She's very, very untraditional in the type of player that she is, and mm -hmm. I think she brings a lot of versatility to the game. And I think she would fill, she would give this roster a lot of flexibility in terms of your ability to kind of shift some people around, but also fills holes you know, at the, at the wing from their, you know, ability to have somebody other than McBride who can stretch the floor um, and Bantam. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Bantam, but I, I think that she would be someone I would like for this fit. Um, again, we're talking versatility, we're talking, you know, I think she's, I think she has all, all the tools to be a successful pro. Um, and I think she's someone that would be, is going to be really highly um, sought after so if she were to fall to seven in a spot like that I mean I would have to take a solid look at her I mean you know I mean some of the other other names you know Rakia Jackson of course Camilla Cardoso there's a lot of debate as to you know how where could she fall at six seven I mean how do you mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't ignore that um, does she end up going earlier in the draft as lottery or does she drop down a little bit more and, and you know that's a whole other conversation about you know kind of her fit in the WNBA and, and where she would fit in in terms of style but I mean you know th that's a little bit of a example maybe like a post player that I'm sure that they are taking a really really strong look at or of course also Angel Reese mm -hmm. <laughs> can't ignore that um, and just you know her dominance, especially on the glass and what she's able to do, you know, around 15 feet, I think has, has been really, you know, impressive. Um, I don't know. Personally, I'm a huge Georgia Amor fan. Um, absolutely too. love her. Um, I don't know if she's coming out, if she's going to decide to stay at Virginia Tech, but I'm taking a look at her if I'm any team in the league. I mean, I've just seen enough. I'm convinced um, of just, and maybe, maybe it's a personal bias because of the international thing and, you know, my college ties, but I, I am a massive Georgia Amor fan. And like, I would be shocked if Cheryl Reeve isn't, isn't either, um, or, you know, isn't, mm -hmm. um, that could be someone that, you know, could it be available at that position as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, uh, I, I know we're what, I don't you know, a couple months, well, two, three, four months away from, from the WNBA season, but it's, it's never too early to talk about the upcoming season. When, when, when you, uh, when you have, or, or if you have any uh, predictions for the upcoming year, uh, maybe it's one or two, what, what do you have any, uh, I guess, bold predictions or any predictions on, on what might take place? Um, That's very open-ended. <laughs> I think Phoenix is going to just completely, I mean, it's just, it's already been blown up um, in a good way. And I think it's going to continue to, you know, it's just much, everything's different. Now you still have Tarazi, you still have BG. Um, but I think Phoenix is going to be a completely different animal now. I think they have the potential to be one of the winners of free agency, you know, in terms of some of the things I'm hearing. And if they're able to bring in, you know, a Deladon and, someone like Natasha cloud along. I, I I'm excited about that. So mm -hmm. from a free agency standpoint, I'm excited about Phoenix to see kind of what, what this franchise can, can, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a breath of fresh air in it to, to some degree. Yeah. Um, 
you can make an argument that they're still handcuffed in some ways, <laughs> but I, I think it's needed and it's been hard. It's been really difficult to even watch them the last couple of years. And I don't, I don't mean that in a, you know, a negative way. It's just, it's been, it's been challenging, you know, mm -hmm. it's just hard. It's been a lot of, a lot of drama, a lot of unfortunate circumstances, and I'm excited to, you know, just for something new. So I think, I think Phoenix has a lot of newness, a lot of potential to have a great free agency, um, I'm, I have a lot of questions, you know, with what happens in Seattle. Um, you know, they, they can't mess this up. Last year was, you know, not a great free agency for them. I mean, this year, like, okay, you, you've secured Jewel Lloyd. She's, she's, she's your, she's your foundation. She's your rock. Now, are you going to be able to, you know, put those other solid pieces around her or is it going to be a bust? Like mm -hmm. this could be you know, a new era in Seattle around Jewel Lloyd, or this could be similar to last year. And that that's terrifying to think about. Um, I think LA is another one, you know, a lot from the experience of Kurt Miller. And I know Reagan Peebley being hired there. I think they're going to find ways to continue to improve that roster off of last year. Um, but I mean, I think I'm very excited about New York. Um, we saw the consistency of Vegas and we saw that team and their core stick together and trust the process of, you know, playing back to back to back to back years and, and, you know, growing every year and then getting to that point where they finally got over the hump. And then they, you know, they did it again because of just, they had, they have that experience as a collective whole. That's what New York didn't have. Um, so I fully, I fully expect them to run it back. Um, I think they should. I think that that's smart. I think that you, there were a lot of growing, growing experiences from last year. Um, and so you get that core and those players back um, after, you know, losing it in the finals, the way they did that, that gives you a chip on your shoulder that, that you're only, you only get better when you maintain that, that high level of consistency. And so I'm excited to hopefully fingers crossed, Jonathan Kolb doesn't, you know, blow it up or something crazy happens, but I, I fully anticipate, anticipate them running it back. And I'm excited to see what New York can do when, you know, they just are, have been together. They've been together. They've, they've been through the highs. They've been through the lows. Um, you know, and I think those two are the top dogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you know, I, I mean, I guess you Connecticut, um, you know, I, I think they'll be solid, but it, it comes down to Vegas and it comes down to um, New York. Biggest question I, I also have, Candace Parker with Vegas, who mm -hmm. does, who do they go after in free agency? Is she playing again? I, the way she's rehabbing and um, I can't imagine, you know, she, she'd want to go out the way she did last year on an injury. So I would think, you know, she'd want to come back and run it back again, but who knows? Anything's possible at this point. So I see it as those two. Um you know, I, I'm excited to continue to watch the Indiana Fever. You know, they've made the decision to grow and to trust the process with their core and with their their talented core. Um, and I think that's the right decision in my mind. The question I have, they need to add a piece that's a veteran, that's a veteran locker room type of player um, that's not a lot of money. And who is that person? I don't know who that is. I was wrecking my, my, my brain earlier today when I was on the treadmill thinking about who could that person be, but they could add something like that. I think that helps them continuing to take those steps. Um, but yeah, those are just some thoughts as I'm kind of going through this. I think the top two remain the top two and does Vegas have what it takes to three Pete? That would be something unbelievable. Um, and I, I, I anticipate New York will be um, better than they were last year. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, it's it's uh it, it it'll it'll be here before we know it. I I know I, I, I kind of joked that the, the the season's months away, but it always comes up very fast. And and we're already at at free agency. We're we're almost to March Madness, as as you know very well, and you'll be I'm sure in, involved in in that space leading up to and enduring. But um, you know, it 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 always seems to to creep up as 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 long as or as, as much as we you know look ahead to the next year and anticipate the next year it always seems to come up real fast so it'll, it'll be here before we know it so well cool we'll have to get back on here and we'll have to talk about um you know at the end of free agency how things went and yeah you know, we'll see yeah, how right we were and how wrong we were right i like doing it before and right at the start and then like looking back and seeing how completely awful and inaccurate i was so <laughs> <laughs> i've been there plenty of times don't feel bad uh, that's that's kind of the downfall of having this podcast sometimes as I can tell how wrong I was but uh, uh well well Rich I, I really appreciate um you, you joining uh, for talking everything WMBA and everything everything else um, that we touched on earlier it's an important conversation to have um and it, it's always a blast to have you on here so I, I appreciate you joining thank you for all you do all you continue continue to do and all that you will um, do in the future and um, I appreciate everything that you do for 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 this podcast, um, for me and and for the WNBA space and, and women's basketball in general. So I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. The feeling's mutual. Just let me know when you want me back. Let's do it again. We'll chat soon. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you once again to Rachel Galligan for joining the podcast this week. Um, as I said at the beginning, it's, it's always great, really great talking to Rachel um, about anything basketball related, but it, it was also really insightful and, and, and great to hear her kind of take a um, take us behind the curtain um, and kind of peel back of of maybe some of the struggles that that come with covering this league and the time consuming nature of of everything and and everything that goes into not only covering the WNBA but covering women's basketball in general. Um, it and like I said during the podcast, it, it's something we all love. It's something I love, um, but it is time consuming and, and sometimes it it is well not sometimes most of the time if not all the time. It is on top of other duties and other jobs that, that we all have. Um, and and I, I appreciate Rachel for, for everything that she provided um, in, in opening up about everything um, here on the podcast with me, as well as, as talking about the, the WNBA um, and talking about the links and, and what uh, we, we could expect this season. So thank you once again to Rachel. Um, I always, always, always appreciate um, her joining this podcast, and, and I always uh, – enjoy chatting um, with her in general, but, but also talking about basketball. So I'll definitely have her on the podcast here soon. Um, and we'll, we'll catch up with her and in, in how things are going here um, at some point as the season approaches or, or during the WNBA season. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy rushing for producing this podcast every week. Cause I do, he does a great job um, in, on the back end of, of producing this podcast, making sure I don't sound crazier than what I actually am and do. Um, so I appreciate Jeremy for everything that he does in, in helping Hitting the Hardwood podcast. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of our, um, our, our sponsors here at Hitting the Hardwood. First one's Homage and second one is Better Edge. Um, Homage is a, a, a vintage clothing store. Um, you can check out a lot of their great gear by checking out Homage, H-O-M-A-G-E.com. Um, go check out a lot of the, uh, their, their WNBA gear, their, their Lynx t-shirt and hoodie, WNBA t-shirt. I have all three of those. Um, I love all three of them. Um, they have a lot of cool vintage stuff, throwback stuff. So you, you should really go check them out and um, and help support them because they do a lot of great work. Second one is Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Better Edge is is one of my favorite betting platforms, one of my favorite, favorite betting apps. Um, Greg and the rest of the crew at Better Edge, they're great to deal with. Minneapolis-based company, what better, what more could you ask for if you're somebody who's listening from Minnesota or outside of Minnesota, it doesn't matter. 
Um, they're, they're a great um, company, a great platform, like I said, to, to be able to bet on sports, bet on the WNBA, any other sport you want to bet on. Um, and they're just a great group, and, and, and any support that you can show them um, is much appreciated for me, and um, I, I try and do it as much as I can because um, not only do I appreciate um, their platform and, and being able to use it, but I appreciate everything that they stand for and everything that they do to help um, grow the women's game and grow uh, and, you know the sports landscape in general. So please go check out betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. If you're a first-time user, visit betteredge.com forward slash links. Use the promo code links, L-Y-N-X, and you get a free $20 and in, in free play to start off with if you're a first-time user. So what, what better... Uh, what, what more could you ask for um, and then, then some free, free money to play with and, and uh, to check out their app. So go check out Better Edge and um, our friends over there at BetterEdge.com. Um, with that said, I, I, um, I appreciate you, you all listening and joining once again um, on this edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast. Um, it's been a little bit of a, a, a different offseason than what, than what we had during the regular season. Um, as far as podcasts and the timing of them, um, we, we've shifted things a little bit with, with the offseason um, underway and, and kind of the news at a, at a lull. Um, but I appreciate you all um, loyally listening, tuning in every week, and, uh, and supporting Hitting the Hardwood. One other way you can support Hitting the Hardwood is checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Hitting the Hardwood. That's where we get a lot of exclusive news, notes, information, coverage that I don't provide anywhere else except for on our Patreon page. Um, so or Patreon page. So please go check out patreon.com forward slash hidden hardwood. Try a free trial. See if you like it. Test it out. If you like it, um, please consider signing up for uh, one of the membership tiers. Um, I, I promise I, I will do as much as I can to make that worth it. Um, not only will you get the newsletter, um, you'll get it actually three times a week during the regular season, um, but you receive a newsletter. You get discounts at the hitting the hardwood store. Like I said, you get exclusive news, notes, and information that no one else gets. I only uh, share it on our Patreon page. And you also get early access to podcasts and, and much more. Um, so please uh, go at least go check out uh, patreon.com forward slash Hitting the Hardwood and get more information there. Once again, thank you all for tuning into the Hitting the Hardwood podcast. As I say every week, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. appreciate your support. appreciate you... Uh, um, giving a lot of positive feedback on, on social media, um, email, um, anything in between. Um, I, I do this all because I really, really do enjoy, um, you know, the coverage or covering women's basketball, covering the WNBA, as Rachel and I talked in this week's podcast. I do it because I love it. Um, we all do it because we love it. And, um, and sometimes it, it, is, it is difficult to, um, to be able to do that outside of a, a full-time job. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to continue to do it continue to grind away and I'm going to continue to provide this coverage because I think you all deserve it. And, um, I, I think that it's a, an important thing to have to help grow the game, um, grow our fan base, grow the WNBA fan base and grow the women's basketball landscape in general. So we're going to continue doing this. We're going to continue. Um, uh, we're going to ramp things up as the, as the regular season starts here in, in 2024. Um, and, uh, we're, we're about to, to get right into the thick of things. It's a, it's a fun time of the year and, and things are only going to get better from here on out. So, Thank you for tuning in. We will catch up with you again soon, and I hope you all have a great week. Talk to you soon.